Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tickets are on sale today for this that you can hear coming up at T-Mobile Center on December 16th. We always love this conversation. No doubt about it. Every single year we look forward to Trans-Siberian Orchestra coming back to town. And like you just said, December 16th is the date you want to mark in your calendar right now. And really right now what you want to do is get your tickets to see Al Petrelli bring Trans-Siberian Orchestra back to town. Al, how's everything going? Good to hear your voice, my friend. How are you? Oh, fantastic. And it's it's got to be wonderful for you. I mean, I know we talked about a lot about this last year, about Trans-Siberian really getting uh, you know back out on the road and, you know, uh, in a in a not post-COVID, but in a COVID-recovered world, uh, mm-hmm. you know, going with a full slate of concerts again. Tell us a little bit about what you've got in store for us coming up this Christmas season. Well, we had a wonderful, wonderful time with you guys last year. The shows were amazing. The crowd was amazing. Everything about it was great. So uh, December 30th, I put my guitar in the case, finished the tour, met my wife and kids in Disney World for a week, and got home January 14th and immediately started putting pen to paper (laughs) with the O'Neill family and management saying, how are we going to outdo last year? (laughs) Where do you start? When When you're taking pen to paper, where do you start? Um, songs for me, uh, what songs that I enjoy playing last year, what can we pull out of the catalog that we have never done, or maybe we haven't done in 10 or 15 years. You know, I have a responsibility when I talk to the audience and I ask how many of you guys have seen us before, I'd say 50 to 60% of the folks, you know, kind of scream. And those are the folks I consider our repeat offenders, you know, (laughs) and in the back of my mind, it's like, well, they've been coming back year after year. They're bringing like kids, grandkids, grandparents, whatever. How can we come out next year and make it just different enough to make it special and surprise them? And and that's kind of like, you know, paramount to me and the rest of the organization. And then our management team, the O'Neill family, our department heads at around the same time, they're going, okay, what can we bring in production-wise and effects-wise that they've never seen before? So for the last nine months, that's all we've been doing and talking about. Yeah, and you know what? That's I was as you were talking about that process. I was the the phrase that was going through my head was "bigger isn't always better." And I know, I mean, Trans Siberian Orchestra is all about you know pyrotechnics and and about some amazing effects that you see on stage while you're telling the story. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's not always about making it bigger. The subtlety is something mm-hmm. else that comes through in the shows, and and that's got to be something. I mean, how much time do you spend in front of a video feed? watching what you did and saying, you know what, if we tone this down a little bit over here, it'll draw more attention to what we're trying to get across. Uh, You know, that's an awesome point. I will not watch videos or, you know, um, game film, if you will. Uh, (laughs) You know, I kind of know what's going on and I take inventory in my mind. And, you know, uh, there's certain things like you said, the devil is in the details. 
Okay, it's not necessarily trying to improve or make the bombastic side of it bigger or more bombastic. I wanted to be, you know, I want to speak clearer on stage. I want to make sure that people are listening to the story, that they understand the story, that the singers not only are singing the songs, but they've become the characters in Paul's story. You know, so everybody can connect, can connect just a little bit deeper to it. And then there's just other things I just want to change, you know, like uh, a couple different songs that I think dynamically, you know, will add to this roller coaster of a ride that is a TSO concert. How many of your musicians turn over from one year to the next? Hardly any. You that know, makes it I easier. Yeah, I don't like changing the chemistry of the band, and most of the folks that are on that stage have been with me for over 20 years now, and you know, so no, I I don't want to change that portion of it. You know, this is like a really good rock and roll band, and I'd like to keep it intact for as long as humanly possible. Sure, (laughs) absolutely. Well, no doubt, and and the fact that I mean, it's become like you said, you put the the guitar case away on December 30th, and that your mind is already on next year. But everybody has other projects that you're doing during the year too. So it's after after a period of time, it's got to become okay. Yeah, but you know, from the beginning of October through the end of December, this is where your heart's got to be. And so that, I mean, it it speaks to that sort of commitment. Talk about the other band members and their, um, their desire to, to keep doing this. I mean, what is it that you think keeps them coming back? I think they've fallen in love with it, you know, as I did when it first opened to the ties 28 years ago, um, you know, like you had said, a lot of them do other projects all year long, and that's terrific. You know, knock yourself out, go work, enjoy, be musical. Uh, this has been, you know, a full-time job with time and a half, <laughs> you know, <laughs> overtime for me for, for you know, a couple decades now. And, and again, we have the um, our department heads, our managers, you know, Paul's family, myself, a couple other people who this is all, all we're going to do all year long. And everybody knows that by mid-August, you know, put everything else aside and let's start concentrating on what we're doing because we've been rehearsing in sectional rehearsals for the past several weeks. You know, everybody's working on their parts. Everybody's getting the songs, you know, in their hands or in their head because when we get to Omaha, that's not when you start learning material. That's when we start executing it twice a day with the, with the production and with the crew and everybody else. Cause I want every show brother to be a perfect first show. Every yeah. one of them. Do you make little changes right up until the first show or is it set now? No, no, it'll change probably right up until an hour before the downbeat of at November 15th. I think I'm at the Mid-America Center in Council Bluffs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like anything, you know, I'm not going to start changing things on the fly, um, you know, but certainly like, okay, if we're a solid A, an opening night, you know, that's a win for me. And then for the next couple of shows, if there's anything that I just want to look at, you know, we'll, we'll address it in sound check. But after that, now, if it's working, it's working. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, again, here in town at T-Mobile Center. They're going to be rocking it on December the 16th. So just in, in that uh, 10 days or so before Christmas. And, I mean, we're talking Christmas, and it's, you know, the sun's brightly shining outside and mm-hmm. all of this. But still, I, I can't wait. I mean, I can feel the excitement starting to build right now for this show. And for somebody, and we talk about this a lot, for somebody who's never seen a TSO show, that the, the ones who are going to be part of that 40 or 50% that are the newbies. Like our producer uh, Colin First has never been. Yeah. It, and is, is talking talk, about it. Talk a little bit about that experience and, and how it is that what is essentially a heavy metal band is able to draw in people almost literally from 8 to 80. Well, we're going to try to put on a show as close to the show you guys put on in the Super Bowl. Okay, That's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 
That's all I got for you. <laughs> you know, and you know my adoration for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm a huge fan for a long time now. That game was everything and then some. So this concert, I'm going to try to treat it the same way, where whatever you're expecting, you know, I'll repeat offenders, I'm going to put you back on your heels. For people who have never seen it, it's, you know, musically a journey through all styles of music, all genres of music, the biggest rock and roll production on the planet. And at the center of it, like you so eloquently put earlier, you know, the vulnerability of Paul O'Neill, that story that he wrote, you know, that, that, that tale of loss and redemption that everybody in that arena can relate to. You know, it's going to be beautifully narrated. The poetry will be intact. And for two hours and 15 minutes, I want you all just to walk in that building, shake, you know, the world off your shoulders, and let's celebrate together twice in Kansas City. um, How long will you keep at it? You sound like you are as enthralled with it now as you probably were on day one, which is awesome. More so. More so. More so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've been doing the same thing, you know, dreaming about this since I was a baby. You know, I think you uh, we've talked about it when I saw the Beatles in 64 on Ed Sullivan. Yeah. You know, that was it for me. You know, I'll be 61 years old next week. And as long as I can do a great job, you know, I, I don't I don't even want to have a conversation about, you know, how long I just want to do it forever in perpetuity. I, <laughs> I love this thing. It's like one of my children growing up. It's awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, and and Paul built it that way, and uh, yes. certainly, I mean, that that love will continue to go on for Trans Siberian Orchestra as long as you guys are out there doing it. So we mentioned some of the other band members and what they've been doing during the year. Have have you found time to? I mean, I know you've got a history with a, a zillion different bands playing with Megadeth and and everybody under the sun. So have you found time to go out and and do some more collaborations on other projects at all, or is it all about this now? Yeah, it's all about this. I'm not interested in anything else, you know. Um, I, I've had a wonderful career of 40-something years now, and I've played with a lot of terrific artists. But once Paul and I were in the same room, and I realized that his vision is on a different level, and I fell in love with the art form he was creating. Um, you know, I don't. It, it, it's not one style of music in the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, so therefore yeah. I, I never get bored. You know, it's not playing the same thing. I mean, one minute he had me playing a Mozart symphony, the next minute he's got me shred, the next minute he's got me playing piano, slide guitar, ukulele, banjo, mandolin. You know, he tapped into every side of my musicality. You know, so therefore, and I, A, I don't have the time for anything else, and B, I don't want to do anything else. I love this thing. This is it yeah. for me. It's like, you know. There's so much there to love. And you know we're going to be out there watching you do it again this year. Again, T-Mobile Center on the 16th of December. Get your tickets now. Trans-Siberian.com is the website where you can get all the information. If you've never seen the show and you're intrigued by what we've been talking about, and you should be, Trans-Siberian.com. If you've already been, if you're one of those repeat offenders, we know we're going to see you there in December as well. And Al Petrelli, always a great pleasure, my friend. Keep kicking it. Uh, my brother, thank you so much, guys. Thank Thanks, you so Al. much for the time today. Love you, miss you, and I'll see you in a couple months. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't know why I have our boss's name in my head. <laughs> I just laughed. <laughs> I said Colin first. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. Which is <laughs> our boss's last name. Sorry, Colin. I, Colin I Settle, and I knew that, but I just I laughed as soon as it came out of my mouth and said, well, I think that's wrong. Colin, we hope you and Alan will be very happy together. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. it looks like I'm not playing country music the rest of the day. <laughs> I did. I made a request. I said, if I'm, if I'm popping in here for a while, let's play country. Sorry, it wasn't on purpose. All right, uh, coming up, we will switch gears here. We will go to the story out of Illinois. So you have a former law enforcement officer who did some things wrong on the way to an emergency incident that led to two teenagers being killed. This was quite a while ago, and it led to him losing his driver's license. He wants it back now. We'll talk about this coming up next here on KMBZ.
Welcome in here. Happy to have you with us on a Friday morning. Okay, we're going to have to give some background on what happened with this wreck with an Illinois state uh, state police trooper quite a while ago and how we got to the point now where he is asking for his license back because it has us asking, should he get it back? Yeah, because I, you know, I had to go back through this. I didn't remember because I was thinking, wait a minute, this happened right across the river from me at the Mm -hmm. time. How do I not remember this? And looking through some of the details, it's starting to come back to me. What happened was this is day after Thanksgiving, 2007. Uh, So on that Friday, Black Friday, your huge day for, you know, traffic and shopping and all of that. St. Clair Square Mall is just off Interstate 64 in Fairview Heights, Illinois. So you go across the river from St. Louis, travel about five miles, and then it's it's this huge shopping area. Mall on one side, there's a guitar center, a Best Buy. I mean, it's a very, very busy place. So he was patrolling around that area and got a call to respond to an accident. He says on the way to the accident, A white car cut him off. He tried to avoid it, jumped a median, went airborne, and ended up hitting a car and killing the two occupants, two sisters ages 18 and 13. That's his version of events. Mm -hmm. The official version of events calls that very much into question about the things that he was doing at the time, how fast he was going, and and the fact that he's the only one who saw the white car. Other witnesses said, no, nobody cut you off. Um, Yeah, so his name is Matt Mitchell. Uh, Again, this is Illinois State Police. They found he was going 126 miles an hour when he got a phone call from his girlfriend. In addition to talking on his personal cell phone, they found he was, quote, this is their word, not mine, diddling with his computer while traveling at top speed immediately prior to the crash. Witnesses later gave contradictory accounts to reporters and an investigator saying, as John said, they didn't see any car that cut him off. So they think he's lying about it. The investigation also found that he really didn't need to go that fast to get to this wreck because emergency services were already there. So he didn't need to they hurry. They were already there. And it, and it was not a fatal wreck that, that he was responding to. Right. It was it was, you know, it was bad enough that you need a police response, but it wasn't a situation where he needed to be there immediately. So they were asking him, why were you driving 126 miles an hour to get there? His response to all of those criticisms was, well, I'm a cop. We're trained to multitask. Yeah, that's what he said. He acknowledged he was on his phone and using his computer and said he was trained to multitask. Um, So he pleaded guilty, ultimately, to two counts of reckless homicide and two counts of aggravated reckless driving. That led to his driver's license being revoked. So, again, we're going back to 2007. There's a civil trial. Um, The state paid out more than eight and a half million dollars to the families of the the family of these sisters and a couple other people that were hurt in the crash. So then he resigned from state police in 2010. So now we're at 2023. He has tried multiple times to get his driver's license back. And the way to do that is you have to go to the secretary of state, who for a long, long time in Illinois has been a guy named Jesse White. He was recently, I I don't know if he retired or what happened, but now it's a guy named Alexi Giannoulias. And he now thinks that because there's a different secretary of state, maybe now he can get his driver's license back. So he's petitioning, and Janulius has not said anything. He said it would be inappropriate to comment on this before there's even been a hearing. But it's been it's been 16 years. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. 
Um, he's not asking to go back and be, uh, you know, a beat cop again, or, right. or uh, not a beat cop, but, you know, a, a, an officer behind the wheel and do that multitasking that he said he was capable of doing, which apparently he wasn't. Um, he just wants his license back. He wants to be able to drive again. And, and that revocation was, as you would imagine, after 16 years, it was a permanent revocation, but you always have the ability to petition to get those privileges back. Does he deserve them? Is is there anything that he could do mm-hmm. that would mitigate the damage done? I mean, certainly you can't bring the lives back, but is there anything that he could do that, to show that he's put the work in to make sure that what happened back then isn't going to happen again? The line in a story that gives me pause about whether you should lose your license forever after something like that, before this crash that killed these two teenagers, he was involved in at least seven prior crashes, including one that resulted in a $1.7 million civil judgment against the state. Again, he admitted to looking at his computer for a split second, he says, before crashing into the back of another car stopped at a light. You are not good at multitasking. Stop doing it. Yeah. And really, nobody is. I mean, the human mind just isn't built to do that kind of thing, which is why we have such a massive problem with texting and driving. We're just not good at doing that kind of thing. What worries me about him and what would worry me uh, about giving him his license back is that he thinks he is. He thinks he is. Good at it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He thinks he can do that. And and so the idea that as a civilian that he would go out and be a responsible driver and wouldn't do things like text and drive Mm -hmm. or look at his phone when he's not supposed to be looking at his phone. He thinks he can do it. Even after two wrecks, he still thinks he can do it. And he obviously can't. I don't know that he can be convinced. Pay attention to the road. And if he wasn't a police officer and was involved in a wreck like this, would you feel differently about it? Sure. If he had, if he had, you know, take the, take the police part out of it. And he was just going 126 miles an hour and somebody cuts him off, so he claims, and is in a wreck that kills two sisters. Uh-huh. It goes this long, and he's asking for his license back. Would you feel differently about it? Um, yeah, and and that's where, right. I mean, if he wasn't a cop, if the fact that he was a police officer involved in both of those two earlier wrecks, if that wasn't the case, and he was just a bad driver who was involved in those kind of wrecks, mm-hmm. would you expect him to be treated differently, um, or would that permanent revocation stand? And they wouldn't hear from him. I I wonder if it's not working against him mm-hmm. that he was an officer at the time. And I don't think it should. Not that I'm eager to give this guy his license back. I think he's a really bad driver. Mm-hmm. But it should be a fair system that shouldn't take that into account. So back to John's question, <clears throat> should he get his license back? And what does he need to do? I mean, if he if if the secretary of state says, why should I give this back to you? What does he need to do to prove that he should get it back? 913-586-7798. Steven's called us up out of Olathe. Hey, Steven. Hey, thanks for taking my call. So sure. um, I don't have a problem with giving his license back. It's uh, it's just kind of like uh, the DUI offenders, the multiple DUI offenders, they should have like a, a speed governor placed on their vehicle instead of an interlock device. Or, you know, at least some sort of a probationary period um, that uh, if he gets a speeding ticket, for the rest of his life, then, you know, double results. 16, 17 years, that's a long time without a driver's license. And that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty, it, it, it's a long punishment. Um, you know, we, we punish people in prison for much longer for 
uh, for lesser charges. So but to be fair, he would, killed two people. Say, two, teenage, two teenagers died. Oh, people! People get killed all the time, and they don't—they uh, don't suffer for you know. Not always do they suffer for the rest of their lives. I, I wouldn't say he's suffering. He just can't drive. Maybe he's not punished. Uh, people people are killed all the time, and there are people who are punished for less time than that. I want to I want to see if I can find some middle ground here for a second, Stephen, uh, because you you got my mind working when you mentioned the interlock devices for drunk drivers. Right. We now have, and there are a lot of cars that have this built into them, a system where if you take your eyes off the road, it starts flashing right. the dashboard at you until you look again. It, it's like a well, warning. Hey, what about using something like that that would automatically report him if he starts doing dangerous things behind the wheel again? Right. I mean, if he's uh, if he's using maybe maybe something that uh, some sort of app that is in his phone where he uh, he can't be using his phone at the time that he's driving and a speed governor that is governed by the same people that do the interlock devices. Yeah. Do we give those to other people, though? Do we Absolutely. give those? Do we? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. Are, I've never heard of, of us doing that. Of felony felony speeding. Absolutely. You should you should start doing that. I mean, we do not punish our drivers, our driver's license drivers, very much. It's like once you get a driver's license, you have it for life, and they're never going to take that away from you. And we need to change that in okay. a whole lot of reasons. Huh. Thanks, right. Stephen, for getting. Stephen, I appreciate it. Yeah, and, and I know. <laughs> let me forestall this before we get there because I know what's going to come in on the text line uh-huh. is that it, you know every truck driver in the world who has a CDL is going to text in and go, "Oh, you think a driver's license is permanent? Do you really?" Right. <laughs> because right. they'll tell you there is a zillion reasons why they can lose them, and that goes back to that fairness thing. I mean, granted, they're you know they've got eighty thousand pounds behind them that we don't have. They can do a lot more damage than we can, so the rules are different. But should they be different for him? Um, and, and are there ways that would make it, I mean, if, if they could do that, Jamie, if they could put a device in his car that would automatically report him before he killed somebody else, when he was doing dangerous things behind the wheel so that they could then come back and say, you know what? We gave you a shot and you blew it, buddy. Give us that license back. Would that do it for you? No, I'll be honest. My initial reaction to that is that feels like a lot of work to go to, to accommodate one guy guy who killed two people. And I, I don't think it's worth going to all that work. To give this guy a license. Is I'm it because of what he did it. or is it because of because he's just one guy? Both a little bit. I'm, I'm still people are asking on the text line and we'll look this up during the break. If he did prison time. I um, mean, I don't think so. I don't think so either. And I because I'm not seeing it in any story. There was a civil suit and he pleaded guilty, but I don't think he did prison time. If, if you want another reason to be really irritated about him. More irritated uh, about him? What I can do. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. If you would like a reason to be more irritated about him. Um, after the crash, he applied for workers comp twice. Was he denied? I hope. Yes. Both times. Good on you, State of Illinois. Okay. We're way late for a break. We have callers on hold. I know we put a lot in front of you. 913-586-7798. We'll be back with your calls next on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And if you're just joining us, real quick, the background on this story out of Illinois. This was in 2007. You have an Illinois state trooper at the time by the name of Matt Mitchell, who was responding to an emergency, a wreck. And on his way to that wreck, he claims a car cut him off and that prompted him to intersect with another vehicle and ultimately two teenagers, an 18-year-old and 13-year-old, two sisters, who had just come from a family holiday photo shoot, were killed in that wreck. Um, There was a civil judgment against him for the families, but he did 30 months of probation after pleading guilty for whatever the charges were in these two deaths. He did zero prison time. Yeah. 30 months of probation was it. Um, uh, Yeah, (laughs) none of it makes any sense. Uh, Thomas Keefe, who was the attorney for the girl's family when they filed the suit against the state, the quote that he gave to ABC News at the time was, and, and this is a place where I think we have to be a little careful about this. He said, this man has no shame, referring to Officer Mitchell. He said he had no shame when he changed his story and insisted that he was not responsible for the crash, and he continues to have no shame now. That's gall. Okay, that may be true, but being a jerk doesn't <laughs> it doesn't necessarily or shouldn't really have any bearing on this. Except to the degree, and this is where I think we there's room for debate on that, if if being a jerk indicates that you're not going to follow the rules, yeah, then it does have bearing. If yeah, if if I if I'm the judge in that case, or if I'm the attorney general in the state of Illinois, or, or secretary of state, or whatever, <laughs> heaven forbid mm-hmm. that, uh, and and I have to make the decision on this. And he's showing no remorse for what he did, no remorse for the fact that he tried to cover it up and and lie about it and make it not his fault. And and the fact that it happened twice while he was in uniform, that and and the belligerence or the apparent belligerence of his his attitude says to me he's not going to change. So, no, I'm not giving him his license back. And they can't make the decision, I don't think, based on what is angering me, which is right. the justice system got this wrong. I mean, in my yes. opinion, 30 months of probation and the deaths of two teenagers is insane. That's totally ridiculous. But you can't compensate for that by denying him his license back. I, I don't think. Um, I, I, you said 30 months. I'm, is, is it 30 months or was it three? I thought it was 90 um, days. I have 30 version of the state journal register says 30 months probation. Okay. They, they may have that wrong. Uh, Cause again, back according to the ABC news article, Mitchell pleaded guilty last year as part of a deal with prosecutors and served 90 days probation, three months. We will figure out which is correct. Yep. Okay. Fantastic. So he wants his <laughs> license back. Uh, 913-586-7798. Thanks to everybody for holding on. Uh, JR is in KC. Hi, JR. Hey, guys. Long time. No see or no talk to. Yeah, where you been? <laughs> oh, working, 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 working. <laughs> Good. Well, we're glad to have you back online. What's going on? Well, driving myself, but I've got a hands-free device. So 
you know me, prior police department. I don't think he should get his license back, especially with the record that he's had with the department um, that he's already had. What What did you say? Seven? Seven. Incidences? Yeah. Here we go. Why don't you let the family of the victims decide on whether yeah. or not he gets his license back? I say no, because regardless whether or not he gets an interlock device, there is a when there is a will, there's a way to get around everything. You know, so I just say no, flat out no, regardless of the stipulations involved. He took 18 year olds, 18 year olds who could have had. Mm-hmm. Years and years and years on our lives, he got no jail time. He got 90-day probation, even if he got a 30-day, um, a 30-month 30 30 yeah. mm-hmm. probation. I still say no. It's not enough. Even for the families, it's not enough. There are, uh, they, they, and they agree with you. By the way, the families mm-hmm. are very much against this. Yeah, I. That's where. Some of our justice system, I understand an eye for an eye. We don't work that way anymore. You know, same thing with people with the CDLs, people who have been drinking too much. They've still had their licenses for, for how many traffic violations, and they still have it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I no. There's too many people's lives involved. Too much safety involved. No, it, that's just negligence all the way around. And I could just see it happening again with him. Because evidently yeah. he didn't learn it the first time. Yeah. So All right. he had it six other times. Thanks, very JR. Good. Yeah, JR, thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate you getting in. I, I think I know what may have happened with the probation, and I'm still trying to nail this down. Because I have um, another version that says 30 months. Yeah. And I think what what may have happened, and again, just still looking into this because yeah, ABC is adamant that it was 90 days, that it may he may have been sentenced to 30 months of probation, mm-hmm. done 90 days, petitioned to have it the rest of it suspended and they did it wow okay so okay. we'll see we'll see if we can get a, a final answer but that is because the the all of the references that i'm seeing to 30 months probation is he was sentenced to and the, the couple that i found that said 90 days are he served 90 days so the, the 90 days is looking backwards the 30 months is looking forwards a couple of you have asked why is he asking to get his license back He's not really giving an extraordinary reason other than the obvious. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. it's tough. Yeah. And as a couple of you have said on the text line, Uber exists. Tough beans. I said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I said, too bad. Uber. Yeah. And somebody said, well, if he lives out in the country, you don't. Too bad. Uh-huh. Too don't bad. Don't live out in the country then. Gee. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, if he was a police officer in St. Clair County uh, in Fairview Heights, he lived in Fairview Heights. And that's not out in the country. Even if he was state patrol? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, in, yeah. It, it, um, yeah, because an Illinois trooper, you have to live somewhere nearby. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's there is some rural ground in that area, but not much. Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Alex has called us up at a KCK. Hey, Alex. Hi, guys. Um, ironically, believe it or not, today I'm going to get my license renewed because my day came up. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I think I find this ironic, and I think you guys broke a story months ago about how legislation had been passed that new cars were going to have to be equipped with some kind of sensor for checking to see if you're on drugs or alcohol or whatever, like a steering wheel or whatever. 
and I think that's interesting. But the thing that bugs me the most is uh, I'm, I'm wondering, did they charge him with misdemeanors? Because if he got charged with misdemeanors, is he still carrying a firearm? Uh, the, well, the, the initial charges weren't, but what they, under the plea agreement, if you only, if you only get probation, then it wasn't a felony you were convicted of. He pleaded guilty uh, to two counts of reckless homicide and two counts of aggravated reckless driving. I, I just don't understand. Cause you know, I mean, they say you're behind the wheel of a 2000 pound land missile at 120 miles an hour. No way are you going to even be able to know that there's somebody swerving in your lane. You're going too damn fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and to, to further clarify, so yeah, if reckless homicide was one of the things he pled to, even though they didn't give him prison time, it is a class three felony in, in Illinois. Uh-huh. So okay. he would have to petition to get his civil rights restored. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, you know, uh, not saying he's necessarily a bad cop, but he sure doesn't need a driver's license. Yeah. I'll call him a bad right. cop. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Thanks, Alex, okay. for getting in. Well, yeah, appreciate you getting in. It's the seven other wrecks before this. It's yeah. the um, the fact that he lied about the white car that cut him off because no, it's it's the fact that he knew he was in trouble. Uh oh, I really did it this time, and he was just doing whatever he could to CYA. Yeah, and that's somebody that can't be on the force. Yeah, but should he be out there driving? So. Mm. Uh, again, Alexi Giannoulias, the Secretary of State for Illinois, will get the final call on that, and we'll see. Um, and if he denies it this time, he could try again. And he said, Alexi Giannoulias said exactly the right thing. I yeah. can't comment on this when I haven't heard the case. Yeah. So going in with an open mind, I have the feeling that he's going to be denied again. We'll see. Yes. All right, we'll take a break here. To wrap the hour, we have a mom in Florida who wanted to go swimming and meet sharks. We'll tell you what she did with her son coming up next on KMBZ. 913-586-7798 is the phone number here. We go to Lee County, Florida for this next story where I will ask again, what was she on at the time? (laughs) And apparently had been for a while. Yeah, this is a scary one. Um, Lee Lee County, the Lee Island coast is southwest Florida. That's the Fort Myers area. Marco Island is, uh, I believe Marco's Lee County. But yeah, it's, it's far southwest Florida. Beautiful area, a lot of swimming, and a lot of fishing that goes on there too, which works its way into this story because the woman in question had, according to a local restaurant, stopped in two or three times during the week with her child, and they said she was acting a little weird. They didn't elaborate, but they said something was clearly off with her. And then just a couple of days ago, she showed up at the beach and put the car in park with the child in the back of the car, turned up the radio really loud so she could hear the music, ran down the beach and jumped in the water with the child still back in the car. She says, well, the air conditioner was on, (laughs) but it's why she jumped in the water and what people were yelling at her that really brought this story home. She is 41, Allison Doherty, or Dougherty, who is smiling in a very weird way in her booking photo. It's very (laughs) strange. So a witness said she was swimming in the water where citizens were fishing and yelling at her that hooks, fishing hooks, and sharks were in the water. She allegedly yelled back she wanted to get hooked. (laughs) <laughs> and would want to meet sharks. I, I think she was already hooked, but <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, she wanted to go out and meet the sharks. And, and like I said, her defense was, well, yeah, I left I left my son in the car, but the air conditioner was on, so that, that makes it better, right? Okay, 
if you're going to jump in the water and meet sharks, lady, those are bull sharks out there. You might not come back. So she left the kid alone for about 44 minutes, uh-huh. the sheriff's office says. And, and it was witnesses that called. Um, they saw that the kid was uh, climbing around in that car. Um, and then they saw there was another witness that saw her swim further away from the pier when emergency services responded. Yeah, so the cops are out there trying to get her back out of the water and away from the sharks and away from the fish hooks, and she's trying to get away from them. She's swimming away from them. Yeah, I I don't know what it was she was trying to accomplish, but something tells me she really didn't want to come back. Um, Yeah, detective kept an eye on her with binoculars for about 20 minutes before a Marine unit arrived and got her on board the boat. Can you imagine that conversation? Like the the Marine boat has to go out to get her because she has gone too far from shore. And the conversation where they say, ma'am, get in the boat, ma'am, get in the boat. And she says, no, I want to meet sharks. Yeah, because you know the last thing they want to do is have to jump in there with her. Yeah. You don't want to do that. I mean, the most experienced diver in the world against crazy lady in the water, Mm -hmm. you don't want to play that game. Um, And you're right. That look on her face is haunting. Um, I don't know what it is she's grinning about at that point, but uh, clearly she she needs not to be in in control of that toddler's well-being anymore yes and so yeah it's it's a the charges aren't what i would want them to be but at least she's charged with leaving the kid unattended Mm -hmm. in the vehicle so not a great idea okay um princess diana was once very famously known for wearing what was called the black sheep sweater it was a red sweater it was very 80s it was it was a red sweater that had a bunch of white sheep on it and then a black sheep in the middle Sort of indicating she's the black sheep of the family. Yep. It was very famous, and it went up for auction. And, and we'll talk about the price of this. So there were 44 bids within 15 minutes, um, and it ultimately pushed the sale to 14 times more than the original asking price, which was $80,000. Um, up, oh, yeah, it was yeah. in the polo match. Yes, I remember that. Polo match with Prince, I don't remember. I was too young to remember it, but I remember that's what it was. 1981. Yep. Uh, and, and yeah, the, what it really was, was it was there to irritate the queen. Yeah. Because Diana would do anything she could to irritate the queen. And and that I'm not blaming it on her. That situation was mutual. The queen did mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to irritate Diana. So they had this kind of snipey sort of relationship. So she thought, aha, this will get under her skin. And sure enough, it did. Um, yeah, $1.1 million was the final sale price on this. And I have to admit, I, I mean, I, I know I don't really understand it, but I know that there are people who are Anglophiles and who, you know, followers of the royals and all of that stuff. And that Diana still has that sort of iconic status. There's no denying that that's there. And even as much as I, I happen to be working the night that she died, the night that the crash happened. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and I remember some of the initial reaction to it. And even then, I was kind of taken aback a little bit by it, by going, wow, people are really just overwhelmed. By, I can understand people in England being overwhelmed mm-hmm. by this, but people here were just in tears and, and totally you know, shaken by this. And um, I, I think even if you would ask me that night, did I think that 30 years later, she would still have that same pull, I'd have said, no, not a chance. We've got way too much else going on. Especially because now the queen is gone and everybody yeah. else has been elevated. And Kate Middleton is beloved 
I mean, she, not that she can do no wrong, but she's done a very good job of staying out of scandal and out of controversy and, and frankly, doing everything to stay in line with the queen in ways that Princess Di didn't. But she is such a figure on her own. And it's amazing because Princess Diana, again, wasn't in the family for that long. No. I mean, she was, what, 35 when she died? 36? Yeah, and they had already been divorced for quite a long period of time before that. Yeah. So, yeah, she was only, uh, and she was, what, 17, 18 when they got married. So I think she may have been just 18. I have 19. So, maybe, maybe, yeah. I think okay. She was at least of age, I think. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I, it just, maybe it's the fact, and I was wondering about the timing, too. You brought up the fact that the queen is now gone. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, if they were looking at this and saying, you know what, strike while the iron is hot. Um, now that it, her, Queen Elizabeth's death is still very much in the public consciousness, put this thing up for auction now. You'll get a better price now than you will a year from now. She was 20 when they got married. 20? Really? He wow. was 32. Okay. Um, 19 when their relationship became a romance. Okay. Um, yeah. Part of what um, the watchers of this stuff are saying is that her wardrobe was pretty iconic in a lot of ways. There were dresses. I mean, there was, you know, the famous black dress, the the revenge yep. dress. I mean, there were other items that you thought would go for a lot more. And the fact that the sweater went for one point one million, I think yeah. they didn't expect. No, and, and it it still shows. I mean, I guess by extension, the reason that that William and Harry are still so much in the news is because of her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, and and her absence in the family. So. Just bizarre. Okay, we'll take a break. Um, There is a bunch of tidbits of news about Travis Kelsey, and I started watching last night. Kelsey, talk about that coming up the next hour here on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 